Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we are going to be previewing week nine of the NFL season with an episode that I call Buy or Sell. We're also going to be talking a little bit about the NFL trade deadline that happened this past week and who, for fantasy football purposes, gets an upgrade or a downgrade as a result of those trades. If you are playing other fantasy sports like golf or college football, make sure you check the podcast feed. On Tuesday, I previewed the Worldwide Technologies Championship at Mayakoba, this week's PGA Tour tournament. And yesterday, I previewed Saturday's college football DFS action as well. Honestly, y'all, college football DFS, it's not played by a whole lot of people. It's very similar to NFL DFS, and it's a lot of fun. It's not as researched as NFL DFS, so if you just give the podcast to listen to, it gives you a much better chance to win, even if you are a new player. I highly recommend it. If you want more football content, make sure you are following me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'm dropping stats, nuggets, facts all day. Well, not all day, but I'm dropping them almost every day. Well, not almost every day. I'm dropping them at least once a week. Okay, I'm dropping my DFS core plays, guys that I'm looking at in fantasy. Um, just my general opinions are going on my Twitter feed at Mike's Money Picks. Uh, also, if you want my full DFS lineups for golf, college football, or NFL, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks to get access to those. This is the second to last episode of the week. Tomorrow, uh, I'm keeping it a surprise for now because I don't exactly know what I'm going to do for the episode yet. It might be college football late slate. It might be NBA, it might be college basketball even has some prices out now. So we'll just have to wait and see. But it will be a surprise. I'm going to figure out what will be the best episode to do tomorrow. All right. So without you know me talking to death about just my podcast and my Twitter feed, let's go ahead and start talking about the NFL with talking about the trade deadline. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. <laughs> So let's talk about this week's trade deadline. So honestly, this was the one NFL trade deadline that kind of felt like an NBA trade deadline. You had a lot of moves going on, a lot of moving parts around that. And while I could talk about the real football implications and like the long-term plans of all these GMs, we're just talking fantasy purposes on here. So we're going to focus on the trades that had the most impact on different players for fantasy football. So the most important one that, in my opinion, happened at the trade deadline was Chase Claypool getting traded to the Chicago Bears. In my opinion, this is a huge upgrade for Chase Claypool. This is a huge upgrade for Justin Fields. Chase Claypool had been kind of just stuck in a rut in Pittsburgh. You know, he was in that crowding receiving core with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Now he is going to be getting a much higher target share in Chicago than he was in Pittsburgh. Currently for Chicago, Darnell Mooney is the only player that is averaging five targets per game. Chase Claypool is going to be added to that list. Now, if you're Justin Fields, I think this is a huge upgrade because it finally gives you a guy who you can throw up 50-50 balls to, and they're not 50-50, they're more like 80-20 because Chase Claypool is a really good contested catch maker. He's a really good jump ball guy. He's a great weapon to have for a young quarterback who's trying to find his place because it doesn't have to be a perfect throw for a guy like Chase Claypool to come down with it. I think people very quickly are forgetting how good Chase Claypool was in the 2020 season when he had not washed Ben Roethlisberger and before George Pickens got there. He was really good as a rookie. He was a weekly flex play, and I think he can get back to that in Chicago for the rest of the season. The Kadarius-Tony trade, in my opinion, has what might be the highest upside out of any of the trades. Kadarius-Tony was a great player at Florida, and last year when he was healthy, 
He was very explosive, very effective for the New York Giants. For whatever reason, he was just in the coaching staff's doghouse this year. And I think there's a lot of upside on the Chiefs because he's so talented, because he's so athletic, because he's so dangerous with the ball in his hands. There's a lot of upside there with Andy Reid having a guy like that that he can get the ball to that they didn't really have anybody that dynamic before. Well, I mean, last year they had Tyree Kill, you know, but, you know, they got rid of Tyree Kill. So I don't think he's going to just insert in Kansas City and be Tyree Kill. It might take a few weeks. It might be a little bit of a slow burn, but I think the upside is really there. Here's why. No one player on the Chiefs has a target share over 15% who's not named Travis Kelsey. So, in other words, there's a lot of different people competing for targets. Nobody's dominating it. Kadarius Tony could show up and be that guy who does dominate it. Now, the most lateral trade in fantasy football for me was Chase Edmonds getting shipped to the Denver Broncos. Like, they still have Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon. They're not going away. And they were using Mike Boone when he was healthy in passing downs also. So, basically, Chase Edmonds equals Mike Boone in this trade. Um, I don't think that it's very relevant. I think that those two backs, Gordon and Murray, are the two that you want on the Broncos. I would be surprised if Chase Edmonds develops into a starting running back on the Broncos. Now, who was affected by that was Raheem Mostert, because I was thinking, oh, you know, Mostert's going to be getting 100% of the carries now in Miami. Wrong. They traded for Jeff Wilson Jr. from the 49ers, who honestly, before this trade, was useless with the arrival of Christian McCaffrey. So Jeff Wilson Jr. gets a little bit of a revival. Jeff Wilson Jr. is back in Mike McDaniel's offense, which he is familiar with from his time in San Francisco. So I think that Jeff Wilson Jr. has a little bit of value. Raheem Mostert, I think, pretty much stays about the same. He's not getting the upgrade of being the only back, but he's not getting a significant downgrade either. I think he's still going to be the featured back while he is healthy. Now, one other trade, like the Claypool trade, that I think is a major upgrade is Naheem Hines. So Pretty much, the Buffalo Bills, when you look at what they did in free agency and what they did in the draft, they wanted to obtain a back who can catch passes out of the backfield at an effective rate. They now have one. That is Naheem Hines. I think he is going to immediately go there and be in a third down roll. And I think in that offense, you know, kind of like playing in Kansas City for Kadarius Tony, there's a lot of upside because he's going to have a lot of chances to score and he's in a role that nobody has. So I think that Naheem Hines has a lot of upside for that situation. Now, Jonathan Taylor, you will have to monitor his injury, but I kind of like this trade for Jonathan Taylor because they got rid of the guy who was cutting into his passing down work. So the natural assumption is that Jonathan Taylor is going to be getting the passing down work. However, that bum ankle might be hurting him this week and in the future, but you got to be happy about the fact that there's less competition for touches in that backfield now if you're Jonathan Taylor. Last trade that I will be talking about, and that is the TJ Hawkinson trade to Minnesota. So I think that this is an upgrade for TJ Hawkinson, and I think that this is a huge upgrade for Amon Ross St. Brown. So for TJ Hawkinson, uh, he's in a more prolific offense now. Like Minnesota is going to be targeting him a lot. They, you know, they had Irv Smith Jr. who was getting a decent amount of targets. He's out for a long, long time. So all those targets are going to be going to TJ Hawkinson. Now Amon Ross St. Brown is like the only guy left in Detroit to catch passes now that isn't DeAndre Swift. So Amon Ross St. Brown's target share is going to be going through the roof. His attention from defenses is going to be going through the roof, but he's going to be seeing the football a lot in that Detroit offense. All right, so that covers the NFL trade deadline. Let's now start actually previewing week nine, and let's start by talking about the quarterback position. (laughs) 
This week at the quarterback position, the first quarterback that I am buying this week is Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers. They've been in L.A. for like five years, and it still feels weird saying Los Angeles Chargers. I want to call him San Diego. But anyway, Justin Herbert is on my buy list this week because he is up against Atlanta. Every quarterback who has played the Atlanta Falcons has beaten their season average in passing yards, and that includes a lot of mediocre quarterbacks like Jacoby Brissett, like P.J. Walker, among others. So if Justin Herbert used that bye week to get your offense right, to get your offensive line right, and now he gets a bad defense in Atlanta. I'm all over him this week. I think he's a great play in daily and season-long fantasy. Justin Herbert is on my buy list. The second quarterback that I am buying is Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I've been talking a lot about that Raiders defense and about how every quarterback who played them had a top 10 week. Well, Andy Dalton broke that streak. Thank you, Red Rifle. So now i got to change up just a little bit. So every quarterback who has played the Raiders has been top 13 in fantasy among quarterbacks. So at the worst, you're looking at a QB 13 week from Trevor Lawrence just because he's playing the Raiders defense. I think that last week up against the Broncos, he didn't play poorly, but the Broncos defense is good. Like that's a legitimately good defense. So I'm not too concerned about that. I think Trevor Lawrence will be able to bounce back this week against the Raiders. The last quarterback that is on the buy list is Justin Fields. So Justin Fields has back-to-back weeks of 24 and 26 fantasy points against the Patriots and Cowboys, two good defenses, because of his rushing totals, which is what we expected from Justin Fields when he came into the league. He's a great athlete. When the ball is in his hands in the open field, he's dangerous. He's now starting to finally do that. I don't know why it took so long. But what even makes this matchup better is that Miami is 27th against quarterbacks in fantasy football, and they also gave up 21.6 points to Jared Goff last week. So you're looking at a quarterback with incredible rushing upside against a bad secondary who gives up a lot to quarterbacks, and he's going to have that ability to run or pass against Miami this week, all in on Justin Fields this week to have a good week. Now, the quarterback that is on the sell list this week, I only got one of them, and that is going to be Joe Burrow. So I did not like what I saw Monday night out of Joe Burrow against the Browns without Jamar Chase. They seem to lack that big playability, to lack open receivers. Like It just did not look like an efficient offense like it had the first seven weeks of the season because Jamar Chase was out. Now, I think the Panthers' defense is actually sneaky stingy too. So the Panthers' defense has only given up 23 fantasy points to quarterbacks twice this season. I'll say that one more time. They've given up 23 points to quarterbacks twice this season. So, you know, I just think it's a tough sell for Joe Burrow this week because of being without Jamar Chase and because the matchup is actually deceptively tough. All right, so that does it for quarterback talk. Let's transition on over to runners. So I try to avoid the obvious on here, but I do want to go out of my way to mention that This week at running back, I am buying these two guys that are my top two running backs this week and for the rest of the season, and that is Austin Eckhart and Derrick Henry. Look, there's been a lot of first-round busts in season-long fantasy this year. Looking at you, Jonathan Taylor. And these two have been like, they start out slow. They start out looking like they might be first-round busts, but now they are incredible. They're touching the ball all the time, and they're my top two backs the rest of the way, and that is Austin Eckhart and Derrick Henry. Eckler has not been under 24 PPR points since week three. And the Falcons just gave up over 30 points to the Panthers running back Deontay Foreman. It's a great matchup. 
He's got a great track record. Uh, just all in on Austin Eckler this week. I'm playing him in season long. I'm playing him in daily for sure. Now, Derrick Henry has back-to-back games over 30 carries. This is the Derrick Henry that we are used to seeing before that foot injury last season. In fact, he even has 28 carries in three straight games. He hasn't been under 20 fantasy points since week two, and in that stretch, he has four games over 25 fantasy points. Look, if you drafted these two guys in your first round, you're a happy camper right now, unlike a lot of other people who drafted Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris. um, I'm sure there's somebody else I'm missing. But those two guys, play them in daily, play them in season long, Trade for him if you can. They're my top two running backs the rest of the way. Now, another running back that is on the buy list is Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. So pretty much the last two weeks, he has been operating as RB1 and wide receiver one for the Green Bay Packers. He has a combined 28 carries and 15 targets in his last two games. That's a lot of touches, and I'm totally happy with it if I'm an Aaron Jones owner. The Lions defense is kind of like a pick-your-strategy because they're bad against the run, and they're bad against the pass. So I see multiple ways that Aaron Jones can get involved. If Alan Lazard does not play, the guy that it seemingly gives the biggest boost to, other than Romeo Dobbs, is Aaron Jones. When Alan Lazard doesn't play, he gets a lot more targets. So uh, all in on Aaron Jones this week. I really like him in daily. I like him in season long. You got to be happy about where he sits right now. Now, the last part of the buy list is the Falcons running backs. Yes, I'm lumping them in together because they are operating truly as a committee. And so both Tyler Algier and Chase Huntley got at least 14 carries against Carolina. Huntley averaged about five yards per carry, whereas Algier was under three. But when you look at it, it's different schemes. Huntley is getting the ball in space, on zone reads, you know, just more explosive type plays. Whereas when Algier's in, they're just running inside zone straight into the line and seeing what he can get. And that just wasn't going to work against the Carolina Panthers defense. So I like both of them this week. We've made a great, let me think the right word here. So we've had a great run of just picking the running backs that go against the Chargers defense. That's a bad rushing defense. And right now, both of these guys are in position to cash in on that. If the streak continues where both of them get 14 carries, both of them could get double-digit fantasy points. Like, you can be a viable fantasy starter and a viable play in daily fantasy if you just get that number of carries against the bad Chargers defense. Now, the one running back that is on the sell list is David Montgomery. So let me tell you about the last two games. These are combined numbers in the last two games. Carries, David Montgomery 30, Khalil Herbert 38. Or, I'm sorry, David Montgomery 30, Khalil Herbert, 28. Misread my own note. Targets. David Montgomery, 3. Khalil Herbert, 2. Fantasy points. David Montgomery, 22. Khalil Herbert, 32. Y'all, this is a running back by committee situation officially, and Khalil Herbert is the more effective back right now. I'm not saying he's the better NFL player for now or for the future, but he's been more effective when he has been in the game as evidenced by the fact that he's winning in fantasy points by 10 points over the last two weeks. So David Montgomery, if you have another option, play somebody else in season-long fantasy. I'm not touching him in daily fantasy. Uh, I just don't like how everything in the offseason is he's going to be a workhorse back, he's going to be a workhorse back, and now this is a true committee with him and Khalil Herbert. All right, so let's flip on over to the last two positions and talk about our pass catchers, the receivers and tight ends. So there's going to be a little bit of a theme for these first two wide receivers that I'm going to talk about. The first one is Terry McLaurin. So 
We have seen a scary Terry revival since Taylor Heineke has taken the starting quarterback job in Washington. In back-to-back weeks, Terry McLaurin has seen at least eight targets, and he scored at least 18 fantasy points in the last two weeks with Taylor Heineke starting. Also, I think it's worth noting that those last two weeks were against pretty good defenses in Green Bay and in Indianapolis. Minnesota is a much better matchup for wide receivers than both of those teams. And if Washington is trailing, the game script is going to have them throwing. So if they're just going to sit back there and throw, 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 Taylor Heineke has decided that he's going to throw it to Terry McLaurin. And if you're a Terry McLaurin owner and you've held on through this amount of time, you've got to be thankful and you've got to be excited about what lays in front of him. And I think he's a very good play in daily fantasy this week because his price has not been adjusted for his recent uptick in performance. The second player that I am having on the buy list this week is DJ Moore. Like I said, a little bit of a theme here. With PJ Walker as the starter, DJ Moore has seen double-digit targets in the last two games. That's a great trend. Double-digit targets as a wide receiver is something we really like to see. Now, if that target share continues... We just saw what happened Monday night with a receiver with a 30% target share with what they can do against the Bengals. Amari Cooper went off Monday night, had a great night. So if DJ Moore can just kind of replicate that and he sees the same target share, could be a great DJ Moore week. Much like Scary Terry, his price tag in daily has not been adjusted for his recent uptick in performance. So absolutely buying DJ Moore this week. Now, I do have two more. These are a little bit more long shots. These are not obvious plays. The first one is Devin Duvernay of the Baltimore Ravens. Look, as long as Rashad Bateman is out, Duvernay is a flex option in season-long leagues. He's a very viable option in daily fantasy as well. They showed last Thursday night with Andrews out and with Bateman out, they wanted to put the football in Duvernay's hands. Heck, they gave him the ball for a rushing touchdown as a wide receiver. They have him as their kick returner and punt returner. They want the ball in this guy's hands because of his speed, because of his athleticism, because he's dangerous with the football in his hands. Now, the Saints have had a lot of trouble with speedy receivers also, such as Jamar Chase, such as Justin Jefferson. They have a streak of giving up explosive plays that was snapped by the Raiders, sadly. So basically, you're looking at a guy who's an explosive player against the defense who gives up explosive plays, and the offense is trying to get the ball in his hands. I think this is a great spot for Devin DuVernay this week. Last receiver on the buy list is Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets. So Garrett Wilson was second on the team in targets with the highest average depth of target last week for the New York Jets. Had a great day, and he didn't even find the end zone. There's also possibly no Corey Davis in this one, which is, again, another good thing for Garrett Wilson. And it seems like Elijah Moore is in the coach's doghouse because he only gets on the field like two plays a game. So if those two guys are not in, Garrett Wilson is going to be the main guy that Zach Wilson is going to be throwing to. Now, I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan. I don't think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback anytime soon. But the volume, excuse me, I like the volume that Garrett Wilson can get here in this situation, especially considering that they're playing Buffalo. Buffalo is a high-tempo high-scoring offense, so the Jets are going to have plenty of offensive snaps, and they're going to have to throw if they want to keep up. Speaking of Buffalo, the only wide receiver on my sell list is Gabe Davis of the Buffalo Bills. So I had the stat, I believe it was last week, about how Gabe Davis has the most fantasy points over expectation in the NFL, meaning he had been getting kind of lucky with his targets and where they were at on the field. And that kind of came to fruition Sunday night against Green Bay. Did not have a great day against Green, or I guess great night against Green Bay. 
And this week, it seems like every year or two in the NFL, there is a new shutdown corner. That's the position that cycles more than anybody who is the most elite shutdown corner in the league. And right now, I think a guy that merits talking about for that discussion is Sauce Gardner of the New York Jets. I don't care that he's a rookie. He's been great, and he's been shadowing the best receivers in the league, and he's been shutting them down. I think that Gabe Davis, not Stephon Diggs, is the one that gets shadowed by Sauce Gardner in this game because Sauce Gardner, he's about 6'3". Gabe Davis is about 6'4". You want to put big corners on big receivers, and I think that's a great opportunity for the Jets to take Gabe Davis out of this game by putting Sauce Gardner on him and I don't like Gabe Davis's chances to win that matchup. So that is why Gabe Davis finds himself on the sell list. All right, let's take a quick breather, and then let's talk about tight ends. The first tight end on my buy list this week is Gerald Everett of the Los Angeles Chargers. So a big determining factor in this one for me is the health of the Chargers wide receiver room. We're looking at Mike Williams is out already. Keenan Allen is very, very questionable. There's word that he might have worsened his hamstring in the bye week, which is just strange to me. And then Josh Palmer is questionable as well, coming out of concussion protocol. So somebody's got to be there to catch the ball. And we talked about how the Falcons give up a lot of passing yards. Somebody's got to be there to make those passing yards receiving yards. So while a lot of dump-offs to Austin Eckler could be likely as well, I like the usage to be really high for Everett. I think he could see a 30 to 40% target share this week if all those receivers miss the game. Second tight end on my buy list is Kyle Pitts. Yes, I'm still going back to Kyle Pitts. He should have touchdowns in three straight games if Arthur Smith would have challenged that one in Cincinnati, which I'm still irritated about. You can probably tell. But three touchdowns in three straight games for a guy that was labeled a bust a few weeks ago, that's a pretty good string of action. Last week against Carolina, he had nine targets. They're starting to get him more involved in the offense, which they should have been doing all season long. And three touchdowns in a row, that's a pretty good streak. I don't know if he will make it four, but if he gets nine targets again, he's going to be worthwhile to play in season long and daily fantasy. The only tight end on my sell list is Mike Gusecki of the Miami Dolphins. Look, he's just not a consistent target earner in this offense. The Miami offense, in my opinion, is the easiest one to figure out at this point in the NFL season, if they're running the ball, it's going to be with Raheem Mostert. If they're throwing the ball, it's going to Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. That's pretty much it. Like, we know where their fantasy points are going to be concentrated. And right now, Mike Gusecki is not one of those people. He's been very touchdown dependent. I know I probably got some people listening thinking, wait a minute, Mike Gusecki hasn't been that bad. When he scores a touchdown, he's been pretty good. But he ain't going to score a touchdown every week in this offense. He needs a touchdown to be viable. And I just don't think that this is one of those weeks. If you look at his game log, his best game where he didn't score a touchdown was 5.7 fantasy points. He's only been above 41 yards once all season. It's just not consistent usage. Don't buy into the fool's goal into the fact that he is scoring touchdowns. All right, so that covers it for buy or sell this week. Hopefully, I gave you guys plenty of names to put in and out of your lineup and play or not play in daily fantasy this week. If you are interested in playing daily fantasy and want my full lineups, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And if you have any start, sit questions, who to play in daily, who not to play in daily, let me know. Ask me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'm more than happy to answer questions on there for anybody who's listening to the podcast. All right. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Stay tuned to the podcast feed. Going to have more episodes coming your way. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see y'all next time.